Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Panther fans who want to keep pounding. For the ones who want an inside look at the vault. This 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 is views is from Street. Now, here's your host, Lonzo Wrightsell and Rob Brown. The Views from Midstream podcast rolls on. Rob Brown, Lonzo Wright. So with you, hey, if you haven't done it already, do us a favor wherever you are listening to this podcast, whether it's on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Google Play, or for free on the Odyssey app at A-U-D-A-C-Y. Click that little heart button or the subscribe button or the follow button or whatever button is the big one right underneath our beautiful shining faces on your tablet, PC, or cell phone, and make sure you're downloading every episode of the Views from Min Street podcast. So, Israel Evero hired as the defensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers. Let's talk a little bit about who this cat is. Evero comes over from the Denver Broncos, and we talked a little bit about this in the last segment, but these are the variables, these are the things, the factors that I think a lot of folks are leaving out. The Denver Broncos last year, offensively, Lonzo, if I asked you for one adjective to describe the Broncos offense, what would it be? Let's ride. And then they didn't. Uh, I, it was it was it was bad. It was it was really bad with all the hype that came into uh, to Russell Wilson coming to that team and how they were going to be competitive in the AFC West. They were not. Um you found out a lot of things about that quarterback that that whether true or not, uh, everyone believes is true uh, about having to have his own office and a bunch of things like that, which all that's going away for him. We'll see what happens uh, when he has a better head coach. But 
that offense was abysmal, probably one of the worst offenses in all of the NFL. And that was a surprise to a lot of people, except for me. Uh, I believe the best description I've heard to to describe the Denver Bronco offense so far was Broncos country, we tried. Which I which I think is is the did best. They? Way to put it. Did they though? No, I, I'm not so sure they did. But anyway, because if that, that's trying, why even show up? That, anyway, <laughs> that being said, the Denver Bronco offense was terrible, 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 as the great Charles Barkley would say. And as we noted throughout the course of the really first half of this season for Carolina, a really bad offense takes its toll on a defense, right? Because a really bad offense cannot keep time of possession. A really bad offense comes off the field on three and outs quite a bit. In fact, if I recall correctly, through like week seven, we had the lowest third down conversion rate in the National Football League. And we got to a point where the offense was controlling the ball slightly more than 20 minutes out of 60 per game, which is a real good way to exhaust the hell out of your defense, and that's what happened. We know the defense was good. We know they had the talent, especially early in the season before the injuries racked up. But they were asked, they were pressed into duty so many times, so frequently, and in short yardage situations that by end of games, uh, the defense couldn't get enough oxygen out of the tanks, right? So Denver had that same problem. Their time of possession late in the year uh, was also very, very bad which meant the defense was repeatedly getting called onto the field more than they should have. It meant that opposing offenses had a much greater time of possession than you would have wanted them to. It meant the defense was being pressed a lot. And even with the defense being pressed a lot by the Broncos offense being so completely, what's the word, terrible, Israel Evero still had them as the 14th best scoring defense in the National Football League, that's in the top half of the league, still had them as the seventh best defense in football in terms of yardage allowed per game and had them inside the top half of the league in pretty much every defensive metric that impacts the game directly. He did all of that with an offense that was, to say bad would be a compliment. And while I absolutely do not believe that the Panther offense next year, regardless of quarterback, will be as inept as it was certainly the first half of the season this past season. There's no way the Panther offense is going to be as bad as Denver's was last year, which means Evero throughout games and throughout the season is going to have players who are every bit as talented as the Denver defense, but it's going to have them fresher, for longer. You're not going to get to week nine and have guys on your defense that have played 60 or 90 or 120 minutes of defense more than guys elsewhere in the league. You're going to have guys that are fresh. You're going to have, fingers crossed, fewer lasting injuries, fewer injuries caused by strenuous play that doesn't get you off the field. If all that goes away, and Ezra Evero is able to keep the same momentum with Carolina's defense that has the talent Denver's does without being pressed into service and having to continue to adjust and create because other offenses are getting 35, 40, 42 minutes of offense per game. I got to expect those numbers are going to stay consistent and make Carolina's defense look real, real good.
Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. See, that's the thing. I, again, and we talk, talked about it earlier, the defense was already pretty good. I, I mean, there were times where they, they looked nearly great, but they had a defensive coordinator in Steve Wilkes who, who did a really good job with that, with that side of the ball. Then when he moved to head coach, obviously it took some attention away from that. And bringing now that we the Panthers have an offensive-minded head coach for the first time like ever, um, your first thought is, does an offensive-minded coach know how to bring in the best defensive-minded coach? Um, and I, th- I, think he, I think he made the right hire. And I think this is one of those things where he'll probably let the defense coach the defense. And you're right. Uh, not having to be out on the field two-thirds of the time, that's going to keep, definitely keep you more healthy. It's going to give you more energy. And uh, you add a few more pieces through the draft and through free agency, get a few more rushers that will free up Brian Burns even more and some of those guys. There are some amazing things that the defense could do if you just have a a, a a mid kind of offense, just one that can at least put together a couple good drives. Yeah, I think I think it's spot on, man. I do. I think it's spot on. I think you're talking about a situation where you've got an offense next year, just by the addition of Frank Reich, and and and, and I'm based on the hire of Israel Evero as a defender. Very very excited to see who he brings in as the OC. Uh, whether it's Jim Bob Cooter or somebody else. Jim Bob Cooter! Can't not do it. I'm very excited to see who he brings in as the OC uh, because if what we saw with this hire and, and, and my theory, my belief that this is David Tepper trying to prove to Frank Reich and everybody else that, yeah, dude, I was definitely serious about spending the cash to get the best guys available in here then I think you're looking, despite the fact that some OC candidates are off the board, a lot of them are still on it, and maybe that opens the floor up. But here's what I know. You talked about offensive versus defensive-minded coaches, right? We brought in uh, Steve Wilkes as the interim coach last year. There were a couple of spots, if we're being 100% honest with each other, where the defense floundered. I go back and look at the Tampa Bay game. I go back and look at the Pittsburgh game. A couple of games where the defense floundered a little bit, uh, but – it was very clear that between Steve Wilkes and whoever was calling plays ultimately and at the end of the day offensively, whether it was uh, old great hair himself or not, that the offense just didn't really have creativity. It didn't really have fluidity. It didn't really have uh, the ability to adapt on the fly game to game. Now you've got a guy who can do that offensively and – You've got a guy that literally just showed you that he can take a defense with really good talent, adjust it consistently, even when he's being asked to do more than a DC should based on time of possession. Israel Burrow has done that. And now we've got to talk about how his tactics translate to the guys that we have. 